Hey everyone, I'm Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. And I'm your co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. Today we discuss Disney Pixar's latest attempt at making grown adults openly weep in front of their children. Disney ended the year giving us the gift that keeps on giving, another Pixar movie. Did they end the year with a bang, or were they unable to leave one final bright spot in 2020? This is our review of Soul. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Wait For It podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, today we have one of our awesome movie reviews for you guys. We've been really excited about this movie coming out to Disney+. And Eric, interestingly enough, Soul was on my most anticipated list, an episode we did last year with our buddy Gafiltha. And I put this film on my list, uh, anticipating that we would see it sometime in the summer then sometime in the fall. And now here we are uh, the day after Christmas recording about finally seeing the movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fitting to end the year on, you know, Soul because it's a Pixar movie. Like, of course, Disney would have that available and up its sleeve. I really think it's a a good one to have. You know, it's going pretty much, you know, face to face with Wonder Woman uh, 1984, which if you are following us on social media, we'll plug that in just a bit. But we are going to be doing something pretty special for that, that a uh, little bit out of our comfort zone. And we're, we're trying out, but expect a review in an interesting format probably here this week as well. But Phil, we're here to talk about Soul, and I'm personally excited about it. I know we're going to be going over a couple things. So why don't I break down the episode for you guys? If you're new to any of our movie reviews, we typically jump into our likes, our dislikes, and then we jump into our overall thoughts of the film. Before finally giving a grade, um, and Phil, I believe we're still on a five-star system. Is that right? I feel like it changes depending on the movie. I thought it was 10. <laughs> are we are, are we doing 99 souls? <laughs> oh man, that was an odd reference, but no, I'm pretty sure we've been doing it one out of 10. Okay, well then one out of 10, guys, you've heard it here on the Wait For It podcast. It Why could change do- next month though, so we'll see. Yeah, there's no way really to know. And I'm going to go ahead and have you get started, Phil. We're going to jump straight into the likes of the movie. So what really stood out to you? What were some of the standout performances, you know, animation, anything at all that kind of stood out to you? And, and I'll jump after you. Absolutely. So first, to give you guys a little synopsis of the film, for those of you who don't know, it stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. Now, Jamie Foxx plays Joe, who is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's really good, but when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. So Eric, as I mentioned, you know, this movie was highly anticipated on my end. I was just really excited about what it was going to do in terms of, you know, the culture. It was, you know, one of the very first uh, Pixar films with a black male lead, and Jamie Foxx, of course, is awesome and i thought they were really going to incorporate music in it a lot as well and the the music in this is is really really solid of course with any disney pixar film the animation is going to look great i really actually enjoyed a lot of even though it kind of at first glance just seems kind of bland and just blue everywhere but i really actually liked the uh, the area i got it it's escaping me at the time eric what is it called the area where all the the pre-souls are what's that spot called the great before the great before yeah i thought that was really really cool i was kind of wondering you know how they would incorporate that 
a lot of really, really subtle adult humor in this, right? I'm sure you caught on that. I'm actually going to watch it again because I know there's some stuff that I missed in the background because there's just a lot of really funny stuff that I really feel like was aimed at like an older millennial and up generation. I don't know if you caught on to that, but I certainly did. Yeah, so I was actually watching the movie and I was just really shocked at how adult, you know, themed this movie was and nothing crazy, but it was just one of those things that stood out to me like, man, you know, a kid probably doesn't fully understand what's going on. But I mean, this movie deals with a lot of, you know, tough topics. And I and I think that it was a really good premise. And I knew that going into the trailer, but kind of watching it unfold, I personally really enjoyed the overall story. There are definitely some things I'm, I may nitpick about in the dislikes, but overall, I thought that the characters were interesting. I thought that the animation was really, really beautiful. I will say I was expecting this movie to be more like Inside Out, but surprisingly, they don't spend that much time in the great before and the great after, uh, or I should say the great beyond, as much as I thought they would. I don't know if you got the same vibe. Yeah, no, I was totally surprised about that because it was something that was completely hidden in the marketing as far as where they do go when they, you know, eventually get out of the great before. And we're not going to spoil any of that for you guys here. This is going to be a spoiler free review of the film. So, yeah, no, I feel the exact same way when it happened, when that moment happened. I was like, oh, I, I did not see this coming. Uh, I also liked the way that they were able to portray people that were kind of, you know, lost, uh, lost souls specifically is what they were referred to. And the way that they portray that, Eric, I thought was really, really smart. I will say this shout out to friend of the show, Anya, who joined you for an intro to anime episode just recently. Shout out to her for explaining, you know, this is a film. If you are going through something like some kind of existential crisis where you're just trying to figure out who you are, this film's going to come at you, man. It's going to come at you and it's going to come at you hard. I would agree with that. And I would say the overall theme of the actual movie was pretty strong for a Pixar film. Um, you know, again, I'm going to kind of come back on that in just a moment when we get to some of the criticisms of the movie. But I think that it had a very strong, you know, overall sense of story and a sense of direction as far as where they wanted to go. You had a pretty good idea of where this movie was going to take you. But the ride was a, was really enjoyable. And again, it was really nice to see a lot of representation in this Disney movie that, you know, just really stood out. I mean, a lot of people and again, obviously, because of my background and my experience, you know, I obviously can't relate. But a lot of people have related to the barbershop scene and just yeah. a lot of the things that a lot of the subtle things that are there. And I can greatly appreciate that because I personally felt a lot of that vibe and that experience that I think they wanted me to feel and to get to see that in a Disney movie was honestly a, a great experience and, and a great thing overall. Yeah, the barbershop scene is definitely one of the standout scenes in the film. There's also one where Joe confronts his mother. That was a really, really strong scene. Now, again, Eric, I think we're going to fall somewhere similarly to some of the uh, criticisms or you know missed opportunities in this film here which we'll discuss shortly but you know overall there were some really really great moments in this film I, I really enjoyed there's one moment and it's very very short Eric I'm sure you enjoyed it well I was actually trying to figure out who this was but there is a moment where there is someone singing in the subway and there is just kind of uh it's kind of a realization moment for one of the characters you know again I'm trying to <laughs> to inch my way around this without spoiling anything. 
but they did very very subtle things like that that I just really loved so much and um, yeah to kind of go back to what you were saying in terms of Inside Out I remember seeing Inside Out with my daughter who at the time I think she was around she'll see probably around nine or ten and of course she's 13 now and just as with this movie when she saw Inside Out, I was thinking, man, if she when she watches this in 20 years, it's going to be completely different because she didn't understand so many of the jokes. And it's the same thing with Soul. In 10, 15 years when she watches this, she's going to be like, holy crap, I can't believe I totally missed that when I was younger. Now it's like watching a whole different movie. Yeah, and I do have to mention the humor was really funny. That's not something I was expecting out of this movie. There were several moments where I genuinely laughed out loud. I found a lot of moments to be hilarious. And of course, me... You know, Phil, this is gonna make you. <laughs> There's so many good seeds that they were able to pull from with different creativity. One thing that stood out to me, Phil, this will make you mad that I'm even bringing it up, is when they're doing the the wham wham the ambulance, and I'm like, <laughs> I do so it. Bad. So Yo, the kid featuring Bruce Willis. If anybody would like a good movie to watch this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I, again, just, yeah, the, the humor was, was so, so good. It's, it's again, really funny, which I guess we probably should have expected a little bit more because it's Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, who I, I think both did a really, really solid job in terms of the, the voice acting. But yeah, a lot of stuff that it, it's really hard to find a movie for a movie to come out where stuff is unexpected. And this, they did this because they, it was kind of, again, like I said, a lot of it was hidden in the marketing. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I'm probably going to mention, Phil, I don't know if you had anything else kind of before we segue. I'm curious to hear what our thoughts are on, on you know, some of the dislikes or criticisms, but I personally enjoyed the hell out of the music in this movie. I, you know, I knew that there would, yeah, I knew there would be some, but I didn't think I'd be enamored with it the way that I was. Every time that Joe's fingers touched a piano, I honestly was mesmerized. And, you know, he touches a piano pretty much in the first scene of the movie. And every time he plays music, it's like, it, it's really strong to the character that that is, how, how important music is. And I felt that. And I thought for animation, for them to be able to pull that off and kind of just suck me in, I, I thought that was great. Definitely. And, you know, just the way that they're able to address, you know, finding your your passion again, as I mentioned, if you're going through something right now, if you feel a little lost, this film is certainly going to speak to you in a very, very loud way. And I, I really enjoyed that. I had already mentioned people getting into getting into the zone and whether that be playing music or doing sports or whatever it is that you love. I love how they were able to convey that on the screens. And when you guys watch it, if you haven't already, I think you'll see what we mean because it's really, really cool. So I think, Phil, we've had a lot of great things to say, and I think we may have touched on all of them. So unless there was anything else on the positives you wanted to focus on, why don't we get to that tougher conversation to have with Disney movies, which is to kind of nitpick a, a, a children's movie and figure out what we didn't like. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. But before we do that, you know, at, at certain parts of his life, Joe just seems completely lost. But, you know, one thing that you never have to be lost about is where you're going to get your groceries. So with everything going on right now, the way people shop for their daily needs has drastically changed. That's why we want to tell you guys about Instacart. Eric and I have both taken advantage of Instacart during lockdown, and we've been really happy with how easy it is to use. A matter of fact, Eric, I don't think I'll ever shop for my own groceries ever again. 
nor should you because you shouldn't be held responsible to do anything right. But Instacart will get you the products that you love from your local stores. They'll even shop among your favorites on a single order. Instacart delivers to your door as quickly as one hour. They highlight deals to help you save money, pick the freshest produce, and they keep your eggs safe too. Instacart makes it easy for their shoppers to handpick what you want based on your preferences. You can find everything you usually buy as well as get smart suggestions for new items. So start off the new year right. Follow the link in the show notes. It lets Instacart know that we sent you, gets you free delivery on your first order over $35. And most importantly, it helps support our show. All right, Eric, well, let's get into criticism slash dislikes when it comes to soul. Now, I know this is usually where you thrive, so I did want to hear what you have to say first. What did you have anything in particular with soul that really just kind of either, you know, missed the mark or, you know, really you wanted to bring up here in the episode? Yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up and I I feel like I'm nitpicking and I'm really speaking for people that it bothers more so than me. Um, And and again, it's because I'm not directly affected, but I didn't notice it this time around because there has been a lot of talk about, you know, how much are they going to have? You know, you mentioned earlier, it's like the first male black character in a Disney animated movie. Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to are they going to Princess and the Frog this? And I think I don't really need to say much more than that. And they did. Um, they didn't just do it with, um, and again, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but they didn't just do the inside out routine. They, they pretty much princess and the frog did. And I, I don't know in one respect, they didn't take away the character. They still showed the character on screen a lot. And there was a lot of representation on the screen. So I want to give them kudos for that, but it did take me out a little bit. I felt that they could have done it a different way. And I feel like people are going to be a little upset because it was Tina Fey playing the second character in the movie that, you know, again, without getting into spoilers, does have that impact on why it became like a Princess and the Frog situation. So her her role is 22. I thought their back and forth, their chemistry was great. But I don't know. Did, did it impact you or, f- or bother you in any way? I mean, again, it didn't directly affect me, so I can't say it negatively affected my movie going experience, but... It definitely did stand out to me more so than it has in the past. Absolutely. And this is exactly what I was going to bring up as well, because Disney has this reputation of, as you mentioned here, it is called, you know, it's basically the princess and the frog trope, where whenever there is a character of color, specifically a black character, they, for some reason, you know, take that character out of their body and, you know, turn them into, in Princess of the Frog, it's a frog, you know, and, and in Soul, it's something else. So it's just very baffling that in, you know, in recent years, we've gotten films like Moana and Coco absolutely celebrating the culture of those films and those backgrounds. And we still here in 2020 have not been able to get a film that at least an animated film is, is what I will say that celebrates the black culture. And, and that's why I was really excited. I, I alluded to this when we were talking about this in the first half of the episode, Eric, I was really excited about what this film was going to mean for representation and for the black community. And especially after the absolutely just, you know, crazy year that we've had, you know, I was really hoping that this movie would come out and be in the same vein of when we got Black Panther, where it was, you know, unapologetically black when it came to black culture. And for some reason, you know, we still are are getting kind of a half-baked attempt at it, I guess is what I'm going to say. Again, like you said, Eric, it doesn't affect us in the way 
that it, it's going to affect our, our, our black friends and our black family. And it, that's really disappointing because, you know, when Moana came out, it was big because I was like, oh, this is so cool with, uh, you know, with with us being Filipino. You know, my daughter, was she like, she, you know, she's like, you know, I look like Moana. That's that's really neat. You know, and, and Eric, you know, you have, you know, you have Hispanic roots in your family as well. And Coco comes out. So it's just weird to me that in 2020, when, you know, this is still happening for some reason. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And again, it doesn't affect me directly. So obviously, you know, I'm going to take it either. I don't want to say less seriously, but I'm going to take it a different way than other people are going to take it. But at this point, it's hard to ignore and it's hard to not let it in some ways bother me because in this movie, particularly, they could have avoided it completely. I really do think. Again, I mentioned earlier one of my likes was that I enjoyed I enjoyed how little time they actually spent in the great before and the great beyond and, and all of that. But then they make a decision about halfway through the movie that I honestly sighed out loud for. And I, I just think it was avoidable. We didn't have to go that specific route. You could have done a similar thing, but not the specific route that they took. So that was my main nitpick and my main issue that kind of stuck with me after the film. I thought you know, just wasn't necessary and it was avoidable. Phil, was there any other specific dislikes that you had that kind of stood out to you? Anything that bothered you? No, that was the main thing, Eric. And you kind of, the way that you're putting it, you know, you audibly sighing is just kind of us saying like, is this happening again? Because at the root of this film and the, and the message, just as Pixar is usually able to do, the overall message is fantastic and it's great especially as i already talked about for people you know in you know an older age group who are just trying to figure out what they are meant to do and it's just upsetting and it's unfortunate that that is going to be relatively overshadowed by this decision that they once again decided to make because outside of that i i think the the pacing was done very very well again as you mentioned the humor is is unexpectedly really really funny and uh, i thought the voice acting was good the only other thing i think that would be nick picky of me eric and you didn't even know that there was him it was i wish there were more david diggs in it <laughs> that was one of the main reasons i was excited because i knew that david diggs was going to be a voice actor in this film but i thought he was gonna have a much bigger role and it turned out to be very minimal so of course here on the wait for it podcast we are going to campaign for all of our favorite hamilton actors and actresses yeah, I knew he was I knew he was in the promotions for the movie and then afterwards I didn't even remember that he was in the movie. So well, he, it, it looked, yeah, he has a pretty traumatic scene. I will just put it that way. Yeah, it was it was entertaining once I once I realized uh, that that's who he played. But you know, maybe you can get this together for me, Phil. I think my dislikes there it's kind of two part here is um you know, I did like a lot of the things they were doing in Soul again with the afterlife, but there just seemed to be a lot of loopholes. I mean, again, it's a kid's movie. Um, you really can't take it too seriously, but I, Phil will tell you I'm one of the first people that I'm like, well, hold on there. <laughs> like, that's a that's a loophole, a pretty big one right Are you there. you referring to just the end specifically? Yeah, I mean, in a way, <laughs> yes. Um, it, to, give, to give us moments in the movie, uh, we pretty much just kind of ignore some of the sense of reality. Like, there's a lot of gray area when we hop back and forth from let's just say earth to the afterlife and, and some of the scenes that take place with some of the characters that i don't know phil maybe you can put that in perspective for me but in addition to that i feel like that personally to the second part of my my dislike i just personally felt like there wasn't a lot of stakes and because of that 
even though we're dealing with death in this movie and, and very, very strongly and, you know, up front, I just didn't feel the same impact that I felt from other Pixar movies, despite liking the characters and the story very, very much. I just, I didn't get that emotional payoff that I expect from a Pixar movie. And maybe that's because I'm better prepared for it, but I personally feel like the movie just didn't deliver. And maybe I'm wrong. So you tell me. No, I definitely agree with you in terms of the emotion not being on par with, say, an Inside Out and Bing Bong, which I'm still honestly devastated about, um, which was a weird sentence to say. Bing Bong really devastated me. But uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, especially if you've seen Inside Out or even uh, a movie like The End of Wreck-It Ralph. I think there is a lot of emotion involved with that as well. So it definitely didn't hit the highs that I know. Pixar is capable of doing and maybe that a lot of that had to do with you know what we talked about with the first part of our criticisms but no they're definitely specifically um the last few uh, 15 minutes in the movie we'll say where there doesn't appear to be any kind of rules <laughs> they just kind of make some decisions based on what's going to be best for the film so I I agree with you there I, I think they kind of just made it up as they went but also, like you said, it is a, a I mean, we're saying this is a kid's movie, but is it? Is it a kid's movie? <laughs> I, I really don't know, because I, I think the feedback that we've gotten pretty strongly on social media. And again, I feel like our timelines are pretty, pretty similar, especially mm -hmm. with what we're seeing with Wonder Woman, which uh, we get to see tonight. So yeah. we, we, we will we will see how that goes again. Check out uh, for, for live stream. We'll bring up our socials here before our overall thoughts. But as far as, you know, the movie goes, I just, I don't know. A lot of people felt that they connected with it. And I'm glad that people were able to. I think, you know, it's it's a fine kids movie. Um, I think adults probably are going to enjoy this better. And I don't know. Maybe because I didn't ever really get that from other Pixar movies. Maybe that's why it hit me different. Because a lot of those things were subtle. And a lot of those things were a little bit more impactful. Maybe this movie just didn't split the divide between kids and adults as well as I thought it did. I think it hit a lot of great adult tones, but I think it missed really what the core of Pixar movies is, which again, it is for kids, but it has such a different element to it. I guess it's hard to put my finger on it as far as my my thoughts on that, but I, I totally hear you. It, it may not be a kid's movie. Who knows at this point? Right. And I'll, I'll kind of talk about that in my final thoughts here. But other than that, Eric, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And if you are ready, I, I think we can move into our final grades and final thoughts. So before we do that, we want to remind you guys, if you're enjoying this episode and you want to find the rest of our content, don't forget, we're pretty much anywhere you're listening to your podcast, which of course includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, Buzzsprout, and wherever else you listen to your shows. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you're listening on Spotify, please hit that follow button. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. As Eric mentioned, by the time this episode comes out, we will have a very special review for Wonder Woman 84, where again, like Eric mentioned, we get out of our comfort zone and we're really excited about that project. All right, guys. So Soul is probably the first animated Pixar film that I truly believe is almost entirely made for adults, specifically anyone ranging from their 20s to their 40s. At one point or another, we have all wondered if what we leave behind in this world truly matters, which day to day interactions will genuinely have a profound impact on someone else's life. Hell, it's something I think about almost every time we release a new episode. Now, we also acknowledge that there is a very real problematic trope that needs to change going forward. Disney, Pixar, please give us a film with a black lead character that gets to keep their body throughout the entirety of the film. 
celebrate their blackness similar to the way we did when Black Panther came out. Now, that being said, I think Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey did an outstanding job in their roles. I love the way the film was able to emphasize enjoying the little things, especially after the year we've had. It certainly puts a lot into perspective. Subtle luxuries like sitting with friends in a restaurant or going to the movies now seem more valuable than ever. If you find yourself seemingly lost in some kind of unbreakable circle, Soul will definitely speak to you. There's also a ton of humor that your kids may not understand, which again goes back to me saying this movie is for us, fellow millennials. Enjoy Soul for what it is, but also campaign for Disney to give black characters their overdue spotlight, much like you did for Moana and Coco. So I give Soul an 8 out of 10 because I think there is a lot of really, really good things in it, but there's also room for improvement. Yeah, Phil, great overall thoughts there. I think for me, you know, Soul is a beautiful movie that just hits so many highs as only Pixar can, but it just felt like it was missing some of that charm that only Pixar movies can deliver, which is a weird feeling to walk out with. You know, there were some missed opportunities to make this movie an all-time great movie, even with the obvious visual comparisons to Inside Out, but even then, it was still extremely enjoyable. I have to say it somehow met my expectations while also letting me down in certain areas. So overall, my thoughts are mixed and I really don't think that's going to really display very well in my overall score, but I am going to give this movie a solid seven and a half out of 10. Um, I might even bump that up to an eight upon second viewing, but you know, I just think that this movie really had a good opportunity here and it just squandered it. And it was really just for avoidable things. And I think that's what hurts the most in a movie like this is that I take it a little bit too seriously when it's a kid's movie at the end of the day is what it's supposed to be. And again, just didn't really hit a nice balance between the two. And I think that's really where some of the struggles are most obvious because you do have this movie eyed for a lot of adults and a lot of adults have a lot of adult opinions on this movie. So that's really my overall score, Phil. And I think we pretty much ended up you know, really close even, you know, uh, regardless of the score. I think our thoughts overall speaks volumes. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of give you guys an idea of how the, you know, everyone else is reacting. It does have a 97% certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 97% for critics, 90% for audience score. So overall, Eric, people are enjoying the film. And I think this is going to be big in terms of how Disney approaches streaming going forward. Because remember, you know, they held out for as long as they could for Mulan and then now Soul. And Mulan, by the way, a film I have still not seen. I don't know if you saw it, but I still have not seen. But, you know, this, I think, will will speak volumes in terms of how Disney is going to approach things, not in just 2021, but also going forward. So I'm excited to see what they do next. And with that being said, that is the end of our episode. We really hope that you guys appreciated and enjoyed the review. Uh, we're really excited to end the year, you know, with a bang here. And we've got a lot of great content ready for you guys in 2021. So we appreciate you sticking with us. We look forward to everything that we're going to be doing next year. And my name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. Just don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. Jackson! This is the Wait For It Podcast. 